We're joined this morning by Marcus Pyle, who is the inaugural Franco Professor of the Humanities and Assistant Professor of Music at Davidson College. He's recently joined the faculty, coming from Tufts University, NYU, and MIT, where he was a visiting scholar. Marcus is a musician, musicologist, also founder and CEO of Chamberworks Summer Institute. Those are just a few of the things he's done. And by the way, Chamberworks Summer Institute provides a high-quality education for low-income and underrepresented music students. Marcus is a violist and has studied at the Royal Academy of Music in London and at Juilliard. And I've asked him to come and share some of his favorite Baroque music with us this morning. So, Marcus, thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me. So what are we going to listen to, or what are we going to talk about this morning? We're going to talk about an Act Two aria from Handel's Giulio Cesare, titled Vadoro Pupile, which is sung by Cleopatra in the opera, and it's an aria of seduction. I really fell in love with Vadoro Pupile when I was working on an article titled The Rhetoric of Seduction. And the way that Handel frames melody and the way that he uses all of these compositional techniques in order to encapsulate an emotion or to gesture toward an idea that you can't usually represent in music, all of these things combined with how he represents Cleopatra really attracted me to this music. And the most interesting facet of this aria specifically is that because of the seductive qualities of Cleopatra, she somehow conjured musicians on stage. They're not actually in the pit anymore, but there's a banda of musicians who appear on stage with Cleopatra, and that's the music that you hear. So the music isn't coming from some kind of otherworldly space. She's now brought the music from the heavens to the earth. And that's just really fascinating how he chose to do that for Cleopatra. You think that was his idea to do that and not the librettist or? Yeah, I think it was his idea. His relationship with Nicola Heim was um, very interesting. That's the librettist for his three kind of crown jewel operas, Giulio Cesare, Tamerlano, and Rodolinda. He, in a way, worked best with Heim because Heim took a backseat to things and Handel could manipulate the drama if he wanted to. So I think it was his choice. Also in the opera, Cleopatra at this moment is in disguise. She's conjuring the nine muses of Parnassus. And so it fits in with the drama that this music would be coming from the divine and be imminent. Handel write this aria for? Who was he, who was in his mind when he wrote this? So Handel had a crew of singers working with him at the Royal Academy of Music. 
the Royal Academy of Music was a noble, aristocratic venture that produced operas that were in the Italianate style. They attracted high-profile singers from around Europe, and so Handel would go out and talent scout. And he came across Senesino, who was the countertenor, the castrato, actually, and Cuzzoni, who was the soprano. And Cuzzoni was famous not only for her technical prowess, but also for the depth of her character acting. Um, she had pathos and pyrotechnics. She was difficult to work with, and so was Senatino, and there were fisticuffs, and there was drama between Cuzzoni and another soprano that eventually helped lead to the demise of the Royal Academy of Music. But hearing her Academy debut, a spectator exclaimed, and this is kind of the famous Cuzzoni reception quote, damn, she has a nest of nightingales in her belly. And so... The way that Handel composes this music for her, showing off not only the vocal pyrotechnics, but also the depth of Cleopatra as a character is fascinating to me. Well, Marcus, thank you so much for sharing your insights and your wisdom today. Thank you. I've been talking with Marcus Pyle, who is the inaugural Franco Professor of the Humanities and Assistant Professor of Music at Davidson College.